For those of you who keep track of these things, if you'll look in your bulletin, you'll see a title of my sermon, and I'm not preaching that sermon. (laughs) Midweek, God uh, brought some things into national attention, uh, some things into uh, light in our world that really He took my heart and and turned them toward, and uh, I wrestled with it, and and instead of having the sermon that, that small things matter a great deal, which by the way, small things do matter a great deal, uh, if you like these kind of things, the title of this sermon is this, Is God Really Great? Is God Really Great? I mean, uh, what happened this week in, in West Virginia, can they really say that God is great? We have a God who gives us in great promises. We have a God who claims to be great. We have a gr- God who we want to believe is great. But is God really great? And so what we're going to do today is kind of look to God's Word and ask Him to come with power through His, uh, his Spirit, through the preaching of His Word, and answer that question. Because you know what? We need to have that answer. I mean, really, we do. we got to know, is, is God great or not? And let our lives reflect the answer. I'm going to read uh, out of Isaiah. Uh, Isaiah 41, verses 10 through 14. I'll jump then to Isaiah 30 verse 15, as we read God's Word together, this incredible prophet. We're going to start with some great promises to God's people. I mean, some incredible promises. Listen to what God has for us this morning from His Word out of Isaiah 41, starting in verse 10. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Behold, all those who are angered at you will be shamed and dishonored. Those who contend with you will be as nothing and will perish. You will seek those who quarrel with you, but will not find them. Those who war with you will be nothing and non-existent. For I am the Lord your God, who upholds your right hand who says to you, do not fear, I will help you. Do not fear, you warm Jacob, you men of Israel. I will help you, declares the Lord God. And your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. Isaiah 30, verse 15. Beginning of that verse says this. For thus the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, says, in repentance and rest, you will be saved. In quietness and trust is your strength. Let us pray together. Oh, Father God, I thank You that we could come and sing Your praises, and I thank You for the absolute beauty of the songs that have been sung. And I thank You already for how Your Spirit has stirred my heart and has stirred me so much even to tears. But God, I I ask now that that You would do that which only You can do. That God, You would come with power and You'd be pleased to speak through this broken vessel. Because God, we we desperately need to hear from You. These people don't need to hear from me. And Father, we have a question before us and it is Your greatness. I mean, are You really great? Can we really bank on that? And so, Father, I pray that Your Holy Spirit would come with power and that You would show us the truth and the truth would set us free. And that, Father God, You'd open up our ears to hear the truth and You'd open up our our hearts to embrace it and our minds to understand it and our feet to be empowered by it. 
And Father, the things that I say that are they're merely my opinion, may they quickly be forgotten and fall away. But God, the things that are true, would you use those things to make us more like Jesus? And Father, we pray that you and you alone receive glory, that we receive joy. And God, we receive an answer. Are you really great? We pray this in your powerful name. Amen. On Wednesday, we awoke to the headlines, they're alive. They're alive. The headlines proclaim good news that 12 out of the 13 trapped and lost miners were alive. And the news was that those who had waited for, those who were so nervous about, those who were terrified, those family and friends who thought they had lost their loved ones, their terror turned to jubilation. They're alive. Church bells rang. Governors were quoted as saying, oh, great things are happening here in West Virginia. There were some who were quoted saying this, miracles still happen in West Virginia. There started to be singing. Those who would immediately start singing, how great thou art. Well, by Wednesday morning, if we did more than just look at our newspaper, we realized the picture quickly changed. The world was told that there was miscommunication. And miscommunication caused the worst kind of confusion. And oh, we're so sorry, but they're, they're, they're not alive. They're dead. Twelve out of thirteen are gone. I mean, the media certainly uh, had egg on their face uh, for that blunder. The next day, uh, the Orlando Sentinel, uh, their editor wrote a little nice article there explaining what they did. But how could they be so irresponsible? I mean, how could our media be so irresponsible that they'd be able to tell this story that wasn't true? And how can our government officials, our high-ranking government officials, be so reckless in their announcement of good news? I would have done the same. Let me just confess right now, if I was that governor and I was with those people and I got a lick of good news that so they were alive, believe me, I'd be the first one dancing because I know what it's like to be a shepherd. And really, it's a media that I'm not worried about because I think the media responded the way that I thought they would, didn't you? I mean, the media wants to get breaking news out to us as fast as they can and it almost seems like a competition that who can get the scoop out there the fastest. At the bottom of the line, in the end of the day, I know the media is fallible. I know the media is human. I'm not really worried about the media, to be honest with you. I appreciate their apology. I worry about God. Because, you know, I don't like it when God looks bad. And quite frankly, I wonder, did he really act rightly? Because I don't know about you, but I question his actions here. I mean, I'm worried about God. Did he do the right thing? I mean, people were gathered. People were singing, how great thou art. They were talking about miracles in West Virginia. And how come he didn't come through? You know, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed this week. I was kind of embarrassed because... It's, it's maybe part of, my, part of my embarrassment is why I don't like using the word miracles. I mean, I, yeah, I believe in miracles, and I know our God operates in miracles, but miracles sometimes are thrown around so flippantly, you know? And sometimes I feel like miracles really put God on the line. 
And they really put the magnifying glass on him. And then we might find out it really wasn't a miracle after all. Or maybe the media just messed it up. There is no miracle. And where do we leave God? And people are going to say, yeah, I told you so. As if there's a God. As if there are miracles. You know, I'm okay with a day-to-day operating God. I'm okay with a God who, who helps our lives and makes it a little better. And that he's there for us and a chum and a companion. But sometimes this pastor gets a little bit nervous when we talk about miracles. Because I'm sometimes embarrassed that they're just not there. Because sometimes I've prayed and I've prayed and I've looked in the, into your faces and the cancer just didn't go away. And sometimes our prodigal sons and daughters, they just didn't come home. And sometimes our marriages just weren't salvaged. And sometimes there's no miracles. Yeah, they happen. And when they do, we can sing, How great thou art. But what about the fact when they don't? What about when they don't happen? What about when we get the news, No, 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 they're not alive, they're dead. Your worst fears confirmed. Go tell it to your children. They're not coming home. They're gone. Can we sing, How great thou art? I mean, let's change a little bit. How mostly good thou art. How usually good thou art. How pretty good you are. I mean, is great too strong? Don't you think about that sometimes? I mean, am I the only one? I mean, can we, can we really sing how great thou art? You know, I hear they're still singing West Virginia. And I hear there's some that are still singing how great thou art. And, you know, I always knew that the people in West Virginia are wacky. And, and maybe they've been separated from reality. I mean, maybe something happened in West Virginia that the people have been separated from reality, that dead means dead, means gone means gone, daddy gone. How are these people still singing, how great thou art? They must know something that we need to know. You know, apparently this, uh, this tragedy started with an explosion, and, and most things in life do. And it's an explosion, and, and they, they were trapped. I don't know if you saw some of the pictures of where they were and where they were working, but there was a mine shaft that was two miles long. Did that, did that blow your mind? I mean, it's two miles long under the earth? I mean, I, I'm claustrophobic. I'd be about 10 yards in there and go running out like a little girl. But two miles long, it's a little bit too much laughing over there, Sharon. They were down there working. And these were, these were, these were not rookies. These, guys, these men knew what they were doing. And even when they found their bodies, they said, these men, they did everything they could to save their lives. And they were smart. And they had wisdom. But there was an explosion. There was an explosion that went off, and it it, it trapped them. And it it trapped them to a place they couldn't get out. They trapped them to a place that they they lost their lives. And it buried them. Now, isn't isn't that life? Seriously. Aren't some of you right now just feeling like, yeah, there's been some explosions in my life. Oh, man. I wasn't in the mine shaft, but the mine shaft of my life, there's been explosions and there's been things that have absolutely crushed me around me. And I'm wondering, can I get out of here? Am I ever going to get out of here? Can you ever rescue this life? Can you ever rescue this marriage? Can you ever rescue this job? And this explosion in my life, is there any hope of getting home? Will I ever see the light of day? Now, if you've lived long enough to go around this globe a few times, you know, are there not explosions in life? 
I mean, they happen to God's people, do they not? You know, you look at the good guys. You look at Job. He loved God with all his heart. Job was righteous. Job was such a guy that God said to Satan, have you considered this one? He's unbelievable. But Job had explosions in his life. They're all dead, Job. It's all gone, Job. No more, Job. I mean, David had a heart after God. I mean, David loved God, but there were explosions in his life. There, there, there's adultery. There's murder. There's a son that's chasing him out of his kingdom. David, there are explosions. David, can you get yourself out? And what about Paul? Paul, there's stonings. There's beatings. There's, there's shipwreck. I mean, Paul, there's explosions in your life. John, there's explosions. They're going to exile you, John. Peter, you're going to be hung upside down. There's explosions. And our heroes' lives. And there's explosions in your lives. And there's explosions in my life. And, and they, they, they trap us. And, and can we get out? Is there any way out? And God has some bold promises. I mean, I read you these promises. Are these good promises? I mean, these are promises that God says that this is God Almighty. I mean, this is the creator of the universe. This is the one who knows the stars by name. He says this, I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to hold your hand. Man, those are some incredible promises. But can he come through? Can he come through? I mean, how good is a promise? How good is a guarantee? Because you can give me the greatest promises in the world, but I want to be able to bank on them, don't you? I mean, okay, promises can make me feel good. Yeah, okay, God is with me. He'll never leave me nor forsake me. Wherever I go, he will be there. If I descend in the depths of hell, he will be there. If I'm on the highest mountain, he will be there. God is my ever-present help in the time of danger. I know God's promises. I want to sing how great thou art. But there's hope. There's more than promises. Let me tell you, lean in and hear this because you need to hear this before you leave today. There is always a way out. There's always a way out. God has promised us and He has secured for us that there will always be a way out. He has given us promises. But He's also given us a way out. As we wake this morning, the headline for every Christian should be this. Listen, the headline for every Christian who woke up by the grace of God this morning and was able to get their head off the pillow, the headline reads this. He lives. And because he lives, so do we. He lives. Here's the proclamation of good news. Our Savior has crawled out alive. He is alive. He's crawled out from the greatest chasm man has ever known. He has crawled out of the tomb alive. He really did pay the penalty for sins. And he lives. Jesus says, I'm the resurrection and the life. And anyone who believes in me, although he die, he will live. Because he lives, we live too. John 14, 20 will say it this way. Because I live. Because I have life. You will live. And because I live, I will always find the way home for you. And I'll always get you out. Because he lives. That's our hope. That's our headlines. That's what we have to bank on. You see, all these promises that God gave us, these are great promises, but are we living up to them? No, but there's one who did. All these promises are great, but they've been secured for us in Christ because He has bridged our greatest chasm. And no matter where we find ourselves, no matter what explosion we have, He will get us home. Now listen, it may take our last breath to get us there, 
we may not see the sun of day, we still may have cancer. We still may lose our spouse. The spasms might continue. But he will get us home. Because he lives. We live. Because he has rescued us. We have hope that we will find it home. That is our headlines. And that is our hope. What does our response need to be? It's, it's out of Isaiah, which we read earlier. It's, it's an interesting response that God would, the, the, this paradoxical God that would give his life by crushing his son, that would make us clean by shedding his son's blood, that would give us new life in the Holy Spirit. This God who would do this kind of uh, seemingly crazy paradox to give us life through the death of his son says this is how we are to respond in love and obedience to him. And Isaiah 30, verse 15. For thus the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, He said, and all that to say, listen up, in repentance and rest you will be saved. In quietness and trust is your salvation. What is our response to the explosions of life? What is our response as we go through life? The first response is repentance. Repentance. Now listen, there's explosions in your life you didn't cause. I know that. We live in a fallen world. I mean, things happen that we just, it's not just because you just, you know, didn't tip well at your dinner last night. I mean, things happen that, that are bad. And things are happening right here that are bad. And there, there's families that are struggling with things that, that they didn't deserve this, humanly speaking. But there are some other explosions that we do cause. But no matter where it is in life, our call in life is continually turn to God. Continually say, God, I am prone to wonder. God, I'm going down the wrong shafts. God, I'm really turning off the light and running my own way. God, I'm running my own race. God, forgive me. Our life's call is to turn in love. Turn in love. Turn in love and repent. To be a pastor, I mean, God kind of puts a magnifying light, a glass on your life and... Sometimes he just really shows you how gross it is. And you start preparing for a sermon. You realize, I really want people to like this. Because I really want people to like me. Because I really want them to talk about me. Because I really want a full church. And you think, how pathetic. There's so much junk. There's so much junk. I, I try to do the right thing and I'm still messed up. God's called me to keep on turning. Keep on repenting. Because there's a God who keeps on loving and keeps on forgiving all the explosions in our life. And he says rest. I mean, isn't that unusual for us? Rest, rest, rest. What do we want to do when the explosions of life go off? What do we want to do? We want to rest? You want to rest in your life? No, you want to crawl your way out. You want to fight like crazy. You want to make it right. You want to get to some oxygen. You want to get to some life. God says, listen, what you got to do? You got to repent. You got to rest. You got to relax. Rest. Rest in what? Rest in another. Rest in another. Rest in another's work. Another's perfect work, and its name is Jesus. His work was perfect. Rest in another's sacrifice. His sacrifice for sin. Rest in another's obedience. Rest in another. God has called us to rest, rest, rest in Jesus. The skill of the miners was great. They really had great skill. They said they tried to put a the tarp up. They tried to block the, the, uh, the wrong uh, carbon monoxide to keep them from uh, dying. They, they, they tried to do the right things. They tried to go to a good area. They did everything they could. Every skill they had. Every wisdom they had. It wasn't enough. And their buddies weren't good enough. And you know their buddies love them. That's kind of like a fraternity of those guys down there. And one's down there. They're going after them. 
And you know that they're sitting there thinking, my buddies are fighting, my buddies are coming, they're going to do everything they can to find. You know what? Their buddies were good, and their buddies did everything they could. Their buddies weren't enough. And you tell those miners, well, rest in your own skill. You're a trained miner. You can get yourself out. Rest in your ability. No, it's not going to work. It's not going to work for any of us, any of us in life. Wherever you are, whatever chasm you find yourself in, whatever pit you will be in, listen, you do not have what it takes to get out. You cannot rest on your own strength, in your own wisdom. But there's good news. There's one you can rest in who's home, who is the great I am. And that's the one we rest in. We can't rest in just our buddies. We have one another and we are family. But we just can't rest in each other. It wasn't enough. Those miners weren't good enough. They still died. We can rest in Christ, who also died, but rose again. It's an amazing thing that we stand before God and all we have is in Christ alone. We say, you know, I'm resting in Him. I'm resting in Him. I got nothing else. I got junk. But man, I'm resting in Jesus and I'm clothed in his righteousness and I've been washed in his blood. I've been washed in the blood of the lamb. I rest in Jesus and he sees me as his own. That's where you want to rest. And then quietness. It says quietness and trust will be our strength. Quietness, stillness, peace. What happens every time there's a disaster? What's the first word you hear? Ladies and gentlemen, we lost our left wing. Please stay calm and in your seats. Stay calm and in your seats. I mean, that's everyone says, call 911. Stay calm. Everything it tells you in a difficult situation, the first thing people want to say to you is, listen, stay calm. Don't lose your head. Stay calm. Let me tell you, if your hope is only in man, and if your hope is only in yourself, panic. The only people who can have quietness in the explosions of life down in those mine shafts, the only people who can have quietness and peace, listen, the only people who can rest are those who are his. Why? Because we're going to get home. And he's going to get us out. And there's going to be a peace that passes understanding. And he's either going to calm the storms or he's going to ride through them with me. He's either going to quench the fire or he's going to be sitting in there with me. He's either going to take my life and then I'm going to be with him forever. But he'll be there. Our response, our strength is quietness, stillness and peace in the one who is. Trust is our strength. Think of that, trust. Trust in what? Trust in yourself, forget it. Trust in the acumen of others, don't do it. Trust in your pastors, no. Trust in the great I am. Trust in the one who has conquered death itself. Trust and obey. There's no other way for the explosions of life that are happening even now. Here's what God's called you to do. Listen, repent. Say, God, I know there's things I've done that got me here. There's things that I haven't even done that got me here. But I want to turn to you and just say, I'm a mess. Will you accept me? And God, I want to rest in you and the finished work of Jesus Christ. I want to believe that I am complete and whole. I've washed in the blood of the Lamb, that I am yours, and you will not ever let me go. You will never leave me nor forsake me. And God, I want to have quietness and just rest in you and just know that you're good and be able to sing how great thou art. And God, I want to trust. Trust not in my arm, but in yours. You know, unbelievably, they found letters from inside the mine. And one of the letters that came from inside the mine, it was scratched out in the last moments of life. And it was amazing. Tell all, I'll see them on the other side. Wasn't bad, I just went to sleep. I love you. 
I'll see them on the other side. I mean, isn't that encouraging? Don't you want to hear that? I mean, thank God for this note. I mean, thank God that at least I got this. Listen, daddy didn't suffer. My husband didn't suffer. I just went to sleep. I'll see him on the other side. Is that universally true? Can we see everybody, say to everybody, listen, don't worry about it. We're going to see you on the other side. Well, listen, there's really, 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 really good news. The other side has been ripped open because Jesus crawled out alive from the greatest chasm that we could ever face. Death itself has been broken. The chains and the bonds of death are gone. He lives. And because He lives, He's ripped open heaven. Heaven's door has been thrown open. He says, now come. And whosoever comes, I'll never drive away. We can see each other on the other side. It's really even better news. We can see Him who's even conquered death for us on the other side. But it's only for those, it's only for those who realize, you know, I don't have the gift, I don't have the skill to get myself out. i got to trust in another. But that's what Jesus did. He says, listen, trust in me, I will always get you home. I'll never lose one. I'll never lose one. You're mine. I will never lose one. I'll see you on the other side. I'll be with you on this side. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I have won and I live. And listen, listen, because Jesus lives, we can sing, How great thou art! Unapologetically. Yeah, they didn't make it. Twelve didn't make it here on earth, but he did. And we still sing. Let's pray. God, I know one thing for sure. I don't deserve a love that great. But I thank you for giving it. And I thank you that no matter where I find myself and no matter where my flock finds themselves, that God, you're there. And your promises are right there with us. And God, when the news comes and the news is as worse as we ever feared, when the news says, dead, gone, the story doesn't stop. And we don't have to sing how great thou art and fake it. Because we know the truth. The headline in our lives is he lives. Because you live, Jesus, so do we. We thank you for that in Christ's name. Amen. You know, sometimes I need to take the word of others to really understand how great his faithfulness is and how great thou art. Sometimes I need to take it from others. You know, I've watched you. I've watched you, and I've watched some of you go through some incredible valleys, and I've watched you sing. And I don't think there's anything that has ministered more to me about the truth of the gospel as watching the brokenhearted sing, Great is Thy Faithfulness. So here's what we're going to do. There's going to be a song I want you to think about. It's, it's a great song by Andrew Peterson, Faith to be Strong. And then we're going to sing. We're going to sing, Great is Thy Faithfulness, and then we're going to sing, How Great Thou Art. Not in your bulletin, but the words will be on the screen. And as you sing... For those of us who have been redeemed and can say he lives, man, say it. But do something else. Look around. Look around and just remember the lives of those around you and that they're singing too. Isn't that a great testimony? He is great. Let us sing together.